0: My name is Angela, and welcome to Crit Club, the podcast where four friends watch a Criterion Channel film they've never seen before. This week's film is Everlasting Moments by Jan Choel, a film that takes place more than 100 years ago and follows Maya and her family. Her mother Maria has six kids, an abusive husband, and an unexpected chance of becoming a photographer. Is she able to reach her potential, or is motherhood and unencumbered patriarchy too much to overcome? Let's introduce our fellow panel members. First, we have Corey.
1: Hello I'm Corey.
0: Then we have Wizard Chris. Hello. And then we have Peter Allen Clark.
2: Hey that's me. I'm here.
0: Hello. Well I know the first question we always ask is why did I choose this movie? And so the reason why I chose this movie is because photography has been an obsession of mine since I was a young child um, especially as how it relates to my family it was really kind of hard to understand my family as like individual people. They're very insular, um, kind of quiet people. And so I found myself frequently poring over photos from the past to kind of figure out, you know, who the hell are these people? Um, and frequently, you know, photo- photos have just played a major part in me trying to understand where I come from and my heritage and, and the lives, you know, of the, the people who are closest to me. Um, so when I read about the description of this movie um, it, I thought, oh, hey, that's way up my alley. Uh, so, yeah. What did you guys think?
1: I think you should call on someone.
0: <laughs> Corey, what did you think?
1: Um, I thought it was a good movie. Uh, I think it was well done. Um, it's not like the normal kind of movie that I would watch, but uh, I definitely enjoyed it and was pretty engrossed with it um, throughout the like, the entire runtime, which was a pretty long runtime. I think at times um, it was maybe, like, a little long, but I think that also helped, uh, like, really flesh out a lot of the setting and the characters and and all that. Uh, I was surprised at the end. um, Like, after I finished watching it, then uh, the Criterion channel started auto-streaming the next thing, and then it was a documentary. Did you all watch, like, the little 10-minute documentary that came afterwards? I no, did. this is a true story, Uh and these were saw like, that. Yeah, this is a real family, and like a lot of this is based on like you know the real photographs and all that stuff. So, I watched the whole movie not knowing it was a true story, and so I kind of like retroactively went back and was like, oh, okay, that's that's really interesting that they took um, took this. I, I think, um I, I have to say I went into it with like I didn't I didn't like the type. Um yeah, <laughs> I was a little like groany. I was like, oh, that's a little cringy of a title, but uh, I think it it ultimately uh, I I, enjoy, I definitely enjoyed watching it and I thought it was a well done movie. Um, I don't know how how much experience did this director have before doing that? that was one thing I wanted. Oh, he's, lots. yeah yeah, yeah, lots. And lots. yeah, you're right.
0: <laughs> I think didn't he win an Oscar for Best Foreign Language film uh, for hmm. the immigrants uh, back in the 1970s? Okay. Um, I, which is surprising because I felt like some of the early parts of the movie were a little clunky. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't like the transition from having this narrator to not having the narrator. I would have preferred like no narrator at all. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and then Maya not really being much of a character through most of it, which I, I don't know. that That's okay. I feel like other, other movies have done that stuff too, but I mean, I don't know. Did we, did we all get really angry at the ending? I got really angry at the ending. <laughs> like, I don't know, oh. not, not to not to jump to the ending or whatever, but it's like, oh, she's staying with him and they're going to remain married. Great. And then yeah, then she dies.
0: Oh, <laughs> <Like>. but it's <laughs> it's worse than that, because they suggest that she stayed out of love. And mm-hmm. that is a damaging just as someone who, like, briefly trained to become a domestic violence advocate or um, counselor. uh, Yeah. No, this is not love. Sorry. And
1: not only with love, but also like there's the whole thing, which I really liked. I mean, like how many movies do you have with Kropotkin's name like being thrown (laughs) around and all that stuff? So it's it's, it's, it's like that came up. I was like, ooh, this this is pertinent to my interests. Uh, (laughs) I, too, enjoy some anarchy. Um, The but so there's all like the left wing politics and all that stuff going around. It doesn't really like uh, play a huge role. Like I thought there was going to be more of like a socialist revolution that we were going to be taking along. But then, like, the happy ending is, oh, he just becomes a capitalist. Oh, he, he just becomes a part of the ownership class. And so now we're all happy about that. And I was just like, oh, eh. I don't know. I enjoyed the journey. But the, the ending, I was like, it was, it was a triple punch of, like, oh, he's a capitalist. Oh, she's staying with the drunken abusive asshole. Oh, and then she dies. Eh. But I liked it. It was a good movie.
0: What about you, Peter? What did you think?
1: Um... I
2: did not enjoy the journey. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I really wrestled with this because I thought there was a lot of skill and a lot of, I think the word I kept thinking about was it was a very delicate movie and I really appreciated the delicacy of the touch of this movie. And I really wrestled with none of it really connecting for me. And it just seemed for a while like, I mean, for a long while, because it was a little long for me, Uh, or at least I didn't, I don't know. It just seemed like we were just watching this poor woman suffer for two hours and 10 minutes. And it's, and it's not that there's not value in that. Of course, there's absolutely value in that. Um, I, and it's, and I've tried really wrestling with like, am I being flippant or insensitive or whatever about this perspective and I kept thinking, well, I guess I've just seen women suffered portrayed better. Like I don't know. Like there was just like it. It that's not what I mean to say in the slightest. I I just I I did. There was it just wasn't learning after the movie was over that it was a true story. Both explained a lot and made it even worse for me uh, because uh, <laughs> because it uh, because it definitely explained a lot of the clunkiness of the storytelling and it also made it worse because I see the biopic elements of it and about how like oh what do they have to show that she had those feelings or that relationship with that photographer there's just a lot of like overt fictionality kind of placed on top of this long struggle by this poor woman who's just goes through hell over and over and over again and um and, and drags and I,
1: people and, into it by continually having babies. Yeah, I was like stop.
2: I know, and I felt like it wasn't, and and I felt like there was a genuine effort to try to frame the photography around her finding grace, around her finding peace in this existence. Um, but it felt, uh, but the way it was used, a lot of it felt overly sentimental, and it didn't feel like it was tied together well enough. Like, I didn't see the connection of, like, how it helped her or how it helped her family. Um, And then learning at the end that it was just basically a biopic, I'm like, oh, they were just looking for some narrative to strain together these milestones in a person's life. Like, the socialist, you know, the socialist workmanship stuff. And uh, I I don't know. There's just, like, a lot of those disparate parts that, like, I I thought it was a really lovely soft movie that I enjoyed parts of it. Um, but but it it did not connect with me for a lot of those reasons. Yeah, what about you, Wizard?
3: Um, I had an interesting experience with this movie. Um, I started watching it at about maybe midnight, one o'clock in the morning, <laughs> in and around there, uh, fully expecting to doze off and figuring that I would start it again at another day, another time, uh, and and get back to it. Um, That didn't happen. I was riveted. I really enjoyed this. I enjoyed it very much. I'm... Am I surprised after this many episodes... That Corey and Peter didn't enjoy it as much. I did enjoy. I it.
2: I loved soft ass Scandinavian <laughs> movies. <laughs> soft ass Scandinavian movie any day of the week. So um, I love soft ass Scandinavian movies. I was surprised that I didn't like. I was surprised that I didn't react <laughs> to as much. Yeah, no, this, I was,
1: will, this will get a fairly high ranking for me. I okay. mean, I, I, yeah, I, I was I crapped,
2: expected to be pretty
1: low on this one. I was, I was, yeah. I, was I was crapping on the ending mostly, but I, I was along for the ride. I was, I was with it. Go that's
3: ahead. That's fair. That's fair. Um
1: yeah um yeah i know i
3: thought it was i thought it was very i thought it is a very soft movie um i found it very engaging i was very engaged with maria's like story um so like i want to the one i want to like to call it a biopic i think is misleading because this person the person that this movie is about is not like a famous person um this person is like a relative of the director's wife and i think that's important because i think that we acknowledge that this is like a historical film about like the small people um
2: if i if i could say though i was explicitly meaning biopic elements mm-hmm. of like the, i i once i knew that i saw the seams in the sto- in this in the scripting mm-hmm. um i saw how the story was plotted out against Built those around small events yeah, So yeah, yeah. you do, you make a very good point. I just wanted to be clear um, about what I was meaning. But
3: definitely, yeah, like it yeah, there are those elements like uh the the bombing of the ship is a real thing and Anton Nilsson is a real person um and like all the, and uh him going to war is an especially funny um him going to war is especially funny because uh, there was no combat in Sweden during uh during the Great War. They went and sat on the border. Um, so I thought that made for some really funny scenes when he and comes ate, back. Ate
1: well. And ate very
3: well. And very well. Um, I don't want to get away, get too deep into it right now. I just want to say that it was, it was a, I thought it was beautifully shot and it's very gentle and very, I don't know. It's a, I, for me, it, it's a movie about a person who, who finds, who finds art, you know? And is like oh like i can i can do something with this i can i can find a way to express myself i can find a way to capture beauty i can do all of those do all of those corny things that bring bring grace into our lives Mm -hmm. um yeah and i i found it captivating i well it was it was good (laughs) how
1: about you angela
0: uh, I, I really enjoyed it, Um, and I saw so many elements of what Peter was talking about, for sure. I don't think it's a perfect film, and I agree there's quite a bit of sentimentality here, but who can blame the director? It's about a family member. Um, and I think it just taps into kind of you know, all the things we do feel about our ancestors. And one thing I definitely want to ask each of you later on in the show is like, you know, where were your ancestors about 110 years ago? And we can talk about that a little bit later, but I just wanted you to start thinking about it. Um, But I found it captivating in the same way that that wizard did. I mean, it was a bit slow. It was a bit long, um, but I really enjoyed, because I I very rarely get to see this kind of, a perspective of just how difficult it was for women um, during this time where they really didn't have much control politically or legally when they had a husband that was abusing them. I was, in fact, shocked that he ended up in jail because most laws yeah. about
2: that actually felt unbelievable was, to me. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, who called the cops? I, yeah, I, exactly. Yeah.
0: Right. Because most laws uh, banning that sort of behavior didn't happen until the 1960s, if not later. Um so um for me like if i had a teenage daughter i would be showing her this film as like this is, let's talk a little bit about feminism and the patriarchy um because this film is basically about a talented woman who is prevented from living her dreams even in small ways even living peacefully by the patriarchy um and also also capitalism so i found it satisfying in that way in a very intellectual way was some of the filmmaking a little clunky yeah, um, uh, was some of it a little overlong? Yeah, that too. I'm not. It's not gonna get my highest rating, but it was definitely nourishing for me in a in a bunch of different ways. So, so it um, didn't
1: make you cry.
0: It did not make me cry. No, <laughs> I got mad though, just like you did at the end of the mm-hmm. movie. I was like, Oh, really? They're gonna add that horrible myth? Like, oh, she must have loved him if she stayed. No, she must have stayed because she had like no, no legal support to yeah. leave him. Um, that's and, all.
3: Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I have. I have. Yeah, that, I have to agree with that. Um, I do have to. It, it, you know, the. I guess that's the trouble with like using the narrative device. Like you have like a. You have like a woman reflecting on her childhood and being like, "I guess they stayed together out of love." Like that's an imperfect narrator telling an imperfect version of things because we know that's not true.
1: Um, yeah. But. We we know that's not true, but there's no hint that it's not true in the making of like the ending part of the film. Like they're he's picking her up, and they have that big smile on their face, and they're dancing around, and it's like they're, <laughs> so we bad. are we are being made to believe. Well, because they're recreating a, a photo, you know, basically from the real life. Um, but it's like so we we're, we're made to believe that I guess they were really in love, and yeah, you, just, you can't spend two hours making this. Fat, drunken, sweaty asshole like the bad guy, and then expect us to turn on a dime like and start to believe in love at the end with him like I,
2: I completely agree. I was truly bewildered by by that ending because not because there was no redemptive qualities given to him, really at all.
1: Um, uh, yeah,
0: he's a racist. Except that he
1: basically that he became a capitalist. He gave up those socialist ideas and became a capitalist. So that's that's redeeming, I suppose. This is all very
3: confusing. (laughs) Like, there's no reason for us to accept um, our narrator's explanation of why, of why her mother stays with her husband. And, you know, like, the movies just spent like two hours showing us this man who she couldn't possibly love um those other factors like still exist for her so it's still like a, it's a downer of a movie i just don't think it's endorsing i don't think it's in or like it's a downer of an ending or a downing of a comment but i don't think the the movie <laughs> is landing on like this is this is a this is a good ending hmm. you know it's a happy it's ending uh, but it's a an bad ending, ending you know <laughs> Um, And then she dies, which, you know, is is eh, perhaps indicative of what life is like uh, for women in this time.
0: I did have one favorite part um, in terms of cinematically and um, image wise. And it was um, when that girl, the neighbor girl, walks out uh, onto the ice and disappears Mm -hmm. I thought that was just ridiculously beautiful and Mm -hmm. I it made me super sad though too because the scene before that you know she's trying to read and she can't read and you know the other kids are snickering at her and knowing what I know about learning disabilities and I'm it's killing me Um, and that maybe that had some part to play in her death was just a knife to the heart
1: right One of the scenes that's sucking me in my mind was uh, where I forget where she's going from, but she's got all the kids in tow. It's a heavy snowstorm, and there's the tram, the 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 train going by with like all the rich people, all nice and lit up and warm and styled and stuff. And I, I just really liked that image. I also um, liked the sort of repeating image of the ship in the bottle. I think that was kind of apt for this, you know, caged artist type person who should be out and flowing and living her life and sailing the seas and all that stuff. But she can't cause she's trapped in a bottle. So I, I like that repeating imagery.
3: I took the, um, I took the, the ship in the bottle thing is like, uh, as like his like film film totem or whatever. He's like this like raging force in his family's life um he shows up he trashes the place he's a complete like as everybody says like a complete like brutish loudish asshole um and he obviously wants to not be there um he obviously wants to be like he's got a giant freaking uh like back tattoo uh of a ship too like he wants to be away from this place um and he is like he, I guess he, I, pres- I guess he feels trapped by his family or some other like bullshit. Um, Protestant morality plays a pretty strong uh, is a pretty strong theme in this uh, in this movie. Like her, her father, I guess, his like dying words are like, "You can't get divorced. What would God think?" Let no man tear asunder. under.
2: Oh, my God. But did they go to church much at all? Like, I don't remember a lot of they belong devoutness.
3: To the, they belong to the Temperance Society, which is, like, a Christian organization. Like, right. their whole, like, not drinking thing is sponsored by, by the church and this, like, the, this, which like, I didn't that seems realize. more about British morality.
2: That seems more about, you know, stopping domestic abuse than praising Jesus, though. Yeah. Like... But like
3: the, this is part of living a Christian life, right? Like you're not supposed to be you're not supposed to be drunk all the time, and you're supposed to like. No, like, yeah, no, I am. Like yeah. my understanding is that this is like they don't spend time in church, certainly. Um, but like that's kind of that's the thing that kind of locks them together. And based on my read of the film, is like they have to be together because because. Because she wanted because she wanted the camera and he's like, Well, you can have the camera, but we have to get married. Um (laughs) it's one of those things that's just like, Well, you're you're you you're you know, bad luck and out of it comes this nice thing that you get, I guess.
1: It's a cute meet cute story until it's not (laughs) Until
3: it's not. It must have very quickly not
1: been. And this is my own like uh my own ignorance. I didn't even realize like temperance societies were the thing that were outside of America. I thought that was just a American affliction along with like, you know, Graham and Kellogg and all that sort of turn of the century, you know, self-righteousness and all that stuff. So I don't know. It was interesting to see that portrayed. And I learned something about the temperance movement. I think that the father was probably the most interesting character to me. I mean, I found him and watching him much more like entertaining than really any other character, including Maria uh you know even just when he first comes in and he's just like sw- you can tell like he just smells of sweated out alcohol and his like <laughs> hair is just stringy and he's just like and you can see any the, the glazed look in his eyes and stuff i mean i think the the actor portrays that being that you know gross drunk very well yeah very you, you could smell him basically a really good performance yeah
3: like really really good um and
1: I, I also loved when he like gets back from jail and uh he he like sees his kid and he's like oh hey come here give me a kid and then he sees his horse and he's like oh holy shit it's my horse Yay!" Like, they so didn't sell it here to see his horse <laughs> <laughs> it's like, fuck this guy.
3: i can't believe they didn't sell that horse it's incredible it's i would have sold it. that horse fuck him
0: yeah yeah Horses that horse would have gone man.
3: Right. Um, But she manages to take enough pictures to make it go. Um, You know, it's
1: like he doesn't want to be anywhere like he wants to be elsewhere. He doesn't want to be trapped by this family. But he's also uh, extraordinarily petty about any decisions in the family being made without his implicit approval or decision. No. I mean, did it feel sorry? mm
2: -mm, Please continue. No, no, no. no, Because no, please go. All right.
0: Well, I'm starting in this discussion to really understand why she stayed. Um, and it's, I mean, this is a pretty well-known fact that the most dangerous time for a woman in an abusive relationship is in the ending of the relationship. That's generally speaking when people get killed. And if someone says they're going to kill you, the likelihood that they're going to is very high, especially in domestic violent relationships. Um, and so I wonder if she stayed because she was scared that he would actually kill her if she, she made the choice and left. I'm just wondering that, that. That just popped into my head. But.
2: but it was love.
0: It was not love. That is not love. <laughs>
2: it surely was not. It surely
3: it was, was
0: fear. not. It was fear. I had, this,
2: I had this thought in the middle of it, but then I shook it off because uh, I was under the, you know, because uh, I was under the naive, the deception that this was made by a woman. Um, the movie was made by a woman. But did we spend too much time with the husband? Like, I had this thought in the middle of it, like, I just really feel like we're getting even more of his story than the main character's story. Um, and I didn't know if that was, anybody else had that. I, I just wanted more of her. I just wanted more of her. And I, I don't know. I just, I, I felt I felt really beaten by the end, just of the ups and downs of of Torment that she had to go through. Which, again, is very valid, very true, very much something that everyone should know. And appreciate
3: I think spent I think our time spent with him is is indicative of that as as you said at the beginning of of the of the show that those biopic notes like this is not just about her it's about Sweden at the time he also has a part to play like as 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 you know the war part I guess is kind of for me where the movie kind of hits a hits a bump and I get a little, I got a little detached. Um,
1: I was also just surprised that, like, I mean, the guy has, like, what, five, six, seven kids at that point? Like, do they not have deferments for people with families then? Like, maybe they didn't. I guess if it's Sweden and there's no no actual combat, it's not really a big deal. There's
3: no fighting. Yeah. He sits on the border and then he mm-hmm. comes back and he's an asshole about that, too. Uh, as a character, like... Deeply, deeply frustrating. As, again, as a
2: performance, I really enjoyed it. Um, I would agree with that. Yeah, I thought he was a great performance. Like, his, um, he did an excellent job.
3: He has these, like, terrifying eyes that are constantly, like, menacing these tiny people in his life. And you're like, my God, like... He had a threatening aura about uh, him, that
2: one.
1: Ugh. The... Uh, another thing that I, I... I guess appreciated about this was the 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 thread of the sense of wonderment of new technology throughout the movie uh, where it's like, you know, they're, they're really in awe of the camera. It's a lot of first people's first time seeing pictures and then the showing of them at the movie theater and just being awed by it and like electricity coming on and all that stuff. And it, it got me thinking about how, I don't know, either jaded or there's just not that much amazing coming out. Anymore that we are that 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 you know we have these experiences with. I mean, I can't remember the last time I was truly awed by something. Um, I read an article I... a long time ago. I, I tried to find it briefly, but it was basically just saying like almost all the biggest like technological innovations that we had were within 100 to 50 years ago, and we've just been iterating on them since. Like you know, electricity, even proto internet, and like airplanes, and vaccines, and like all that stuff was all made half a century ago, and really because of deregulation and, you know, loss of workers' rights and accumulation of wealth into the rich people's hands, like we're losing our innovation because we don't have the resources to do it. And like all the new stuff now is really just iterations on these old, half a century old, you know, innovations. I don't know, maybe that's why we don't have that sense of awe, but I, I, I don't know. I liked that that was like a running theme throughout it, was that people were just being awed by things.
2: I mean, but, and then I would posit that it was, that I imagine none of those scenes actually happened. That, like, it was a movie. And so, like, I absolutely, you know, I don't, like, the, the scene of them clapping when the light switch comes on. And then, you know, the, I think the voiceover is, like, and he said everything was going to be great from there on out. Like, something very <laughs> similar to that. I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> and then, like, I don't know. I would, my my posit to that is... uh uh, it's a movie, and I, I can't imagine people were super like I don't, I don't like. I find it difficult to imagine people were that awed by those things then, but I don't know.
0: I don't know. Yeah. I was pretty excited about my beeper and my cell phone when those came out. I thought that was Very pretty much neat. so. I mean, not yeah. in awe, but excited because like I could, you know, reach out to people. You know, it was great, but I did not clap. Maybe I did actually. No, because I, I was a total gadget hound. Um, I was going to say, you, not, you
1: clap at things when you're happy. I clap at things all the time.
0: Um, and also, I didn't get an iPhone because I hate AT&T. I'm still mad about it. Hmm. Still mad about it. Damn you, AT&T.
1: See, I was super late. I didn't get one until like the mid-2000s. <laughs> like,
2: But I, I think you got a really good point there, Corey, uh, referring to sort of the awe of technology wrapped up in photography itself and like the, um, the ability to look back, the category, the categorization, the mile marking that people make and were finally were able to make on their own lives. And like the first, it wasn't the first, but one of the bigger sort of scenes about that is mile marking the death of this child, um, which I thought was a, a lovely scene and really well done. Um, yeah, I don't I don't guess I don't have a point to yeah. follow that. I just think that you are also right that I agree with you about that.
1: And I liked all the little kids out in the windows like pressing yeah. their faces up to it and stuff. And yeah, that was a good scene. Every once in a while this movie
2: had shots like that and scenes like that where I was like, "Oh, you should do more of that, please." Um, like there was this like I I loved like the shadow puppet whole scene and then the zeppelin sort of going mm-hmm. over like that, oh, was, that was, a, was maybe a little cool. too stylistic but it was a beautiful shot and I remember like well, pausing it there to want to see I was like can we just get a little bit more of that well, there's, uh, there's another
1: scene of them being awed at technology having the zeppelin go over Sure um, yep. Yeah I think that I think it it comes down to um, they told more about her like artistic eye and talent than they showed. So I think that her taking a picture of the, you know, deceased girl with the kids in the background and all that stuff, that was a good way of, like, showing us her artistic eye and her artistic, you know, talent and all that stuff. But um, And
2: then the guy saying, you've really got an eye for this. Right. You have, not everyone has an eye and you've yeah.
1: got an eye. It was eye. a lot more of, of telling about it. And then, like, seeing the house packed or whatever, like, that that's, that's showing us that she's, like, high in demand. But, like, she's just got, like, a person with, like, their birdcage like in her lap, like what what is what is it about her eye and her artistic, you know, glimmer that makes her, you know, sort of unique or whatever. There, there that's, and that's
2: that. what I'm saying.
1: And that maybe that's my my whole point about this is that I just wanted more of her
2: and I felt like the most we got of her was her trauma and pain and that bothered me. Like and and that maybe that's where I'm lying with this is that is that I liked her. I liked the. I like the idea of this artist trapped in this existence. Give me more of the art and exploration and appreciation and and adventurousness of that Spears, rather than more just showing her trauma and pain over and over. I, I just felt like there was more of that than the opposite, and I, you know, and I. It's all very valid, but uh, I felt like it was banking a little too hard on her trauma and pain and not leaning more into. The artistic side of herself. Would you all have, right, maybe I'm would,
1: right. sorry, would you have felt differently about all of that, like uh, about all all of what they showed and didn't show at the beginning, if the ending was different, like? No, no, I no, I thought that
2: through. I thought that through the through the movie. Hmm. Like no, I mean like the 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 ending of the movie was like, and then learning it was a, a based on a true person, not a biopic. You're right, wizard. But learning that I was like, oh, okay, that's why this movie was the way this movie was, is because they're just stringing together a life into some form of a narrative uh no i thought that through the entire thing i was like i want i just wanted more of her uh and not on the pain so much they gave me a lot of pain a lot of turmoil um she's more than her pain and turmoil i felt like this movie at times uh reduced her character down to uh her fraught existence more than she should have been
3: it's quite a bit of fraught existence
2: yeah that's where i'm landing on this okay i feel good about it. all right
1: <laughs> you worked it through.
2: Well, I like, and I'm trying, and it re- it's really bothering me because I'm trying to think of other movies like this that explored, uh, that really explored in mind, the depth of th- the fucking patriarchy and how it helped and how it, you know, uh, you know, held women in such, uh, tortured places. And I, you know, in my head, I know I can think of movies that I, that showed that, that I appreciated better, but I'm having a difficult time, Thinking of titles, I'm thinking of like the the oh gosh, what was it called, The Mockingbird, which was Jennifer. um, uh, Oh gosh, I don't know if anyone else saw that. It's a, it's like kind of a horror movie, but not really a a horror movie. Uh, I forget whatever. That's gonna take too long to look up, but The Mockingbird, which was about basically uh, the uh, the Maori War in Tanzania. Um, it came out, like, two uh, years ago. But, that, like, that's one where I felt like it was, like, definitely around this time, definitely showed um, the anguish and torture of the patriarchy. But also I felt like there was a lot more subtlety in the character herself.
0: What did you guys uh, think about that whole situation um, with, with the bomb and the lover that came, don't worry about this, he's going to get out of jail? I mean, when I, if I was the be just keep him in jail. I was actually hoping that the story would be that he uh, is executed and she gets to live the life she wants.
3: Right. That, that would have been an interesting for. movie, too. Yeah.
0: And that
2: was another one where I thought, oh, is this where the movie's going? And then it just kept not. And, you know, which after, again, learning it was based on a true person, I was like, oh, that's, that's why. Because mm-hmm. life I, isn't full of so much drama. The-
1: I, I did enjoy the scene, though, where he they see the picture of Maria out in front of the photoshop or whatever and he goes in there with like his mistress around his arm like yelling at him about the you know, like potential infidelity it's a good use of irony i suppose
3: it's like a it's a pretty ballsy move on the part of the on the part of the the fella who owns the photography shop like it's like turn of the century sweden like how many people have cameras It's like uh it's like that like BDE to be like yeah I put your wife's photo in the front of my uh, <laughs> Photoshop. How many photos of people existed at this time? Um, he's a he he was a sweet character. Mm-hmm. There there is a lot of there is a lot of like suffering to replace plot or to perhaps pad out plot more than there is than there needs to be. Um, I don't know. There was a sweetness to this movie that you that uh, that that I just that I picked up on and and uh, and and drank deeply of. It's nice.
2: Yeah, it's totally valid. There was a, like I like I said when my my opening statement about it being very delicate. I love like there was a real delicacy and a real soft touch and a real um, and a real earnestness towards respect. Um, about it that, that I felt like was served towards her character um, and I like I, I remember like, sitting through it just being like I absolutely know this is going to connect with a lot of people and they are so that, I, that's and that's wonderful and I just yeah I don't know <laughs> just not things just also because I found it it was the Nightingale which is a 2018 movie and Jennifer Kent she was the writer and director who did it and it was set in the penal colony in Tasmania in 1825 and boy that is a rough film, but very good. Very, very good.
0: I mean, some parts of this movie remind me of a, another Angela pick, Desert Hearts, where, mm-hmm. you know, you get a feeling for the patriarchy around this lesbian couple. Um, and you see how they're not able to live their full lives um, because of where they are in time. So for me, I, I, I see that I would show both of these films. Like if I was going to be doing like a like feminist cinema I would I would put both of those on my syllabus, that would be kind of cool, yeah. And then try to find other ones like maybe add the piano for an even earlier time period. Hmm. Yeah, sorry I'm digressing a bit, but um, what about? No, that? no, Desert Hearts is a great movie. I really liked it. Um, it's what very about cool. um, the whole drunk driving thing? Like, that seems like quite a bit of excitement and, and a little too modern, really, to be seen, like, in a film for this time. Do you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It's like, here's our little, um, you know, moment where we're going to be anti-drunk driving and just show how scary it is, even with a horse. Um,
3: I, I have to assume that when cars were first introduced, everybody drank and drove in them. Yeah, It was the thing to do. You can go, like, 15 miles per hour. That is... Fucking, we are going to drink to that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and he's just, like, spilling it everywhere and then, like, passing out and, like, oh, man.
3: Um, one thing I thought was interesting about this movie that I didn't really pick up on because it's kind of, it's, it's a deep Sweden cut. Um, Maria's character is like a Finnish person living in Sweden and like the man that she's, that she is, that she has a crush on is like a Dane living in Sweden. There's all of these like outsiders all converging, um, into Sweden. All these like, you know, people who, who are like displaced or what have you, um, I was wondering what people thought of that, other than that, like, I guess, you know, it's again telling the story of like a particular person who was from a particular
2: place. Um, I wanted to know more. Yeah, I thought that was I wanted to know more about that. And I worry I may have missed some. Um, But yeah, I thought that was cool. As you know, I, I have a degree in history and I loved being in this time and place in the world, which I have little experience with. And I just wanted to know more about that. Why were these people coming there? Why were they leaving? Why, you know? What was Scandinavia in nineteen hundred?
3: Yeah, and we get little bits and pieces of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I certainly, yeah, I didn't walk away with like a very well. I know I was going to say I didn't walk away with a very satisfying history lesson, but that's not quite true. Um, the bombing of that ship was pretty interesting. I read up on that. I
1: was like, oh, I learned um, a, I learned a new uh, term, black leg, black leg, yeah, which was there. Uh, that's a new word for my lefty lexicon. Um, it is a, a apparently so they use it. Kind of irreplaceably for the word scab um, during the strike, and I guess I, I looked it up, and it has uh, uh, rooks, which are birds. They have like black legs, and they are known for being really cunning and stealing food from people. So they would call people who stole the you know food, i.e., the work, black legs. Nasty, nasty business.
2: List, listeners, read, uh, listen to our Harlan County, Kentucky, <laughs> USA. <Yeah>. Uh, <laughs> Watch that movie if you haven't. It's
3: wonderful. And stay tuned for Corey's Lefty Lexicon coming out in 2022. <laughs> oh, my God. On our expanding podcast network.
0: Yes. <laughs> I'd watch that or listen to it. <laughs> Any other final thoughts for this film before we... I, I did want to, before we end, I, I was wondering if you guys knew... Um, of where like your family was in this time like I have Italian immigrants who came in uh, during like 1906 and so for me watching this movie I could imagine some of and I know just from the family history like the struggles that that family had and so it just made it all the more personal and and hard for me to feel and watch these women suffering Um, so I was wondering if you guys had any family history like that that you could relate to
1: half my family was really poor Mississippians and the other half were uh, potato famine refugees respect respect <laughs> to the potato famine refugees
2: um, half my family swear that they were born in Indiana some I don't know yeah some of them were probably in Indiana I don't know they don't they don't have any genealogy around that and then but my mother's side might they came from Poland around exactly this time and settled in Chicago and did some, uh, uh, some bootlegging and some, some craziness that I would absolutely watch a movie on.
3: I <laughs> think my, fam- my, my father's side of the family at this time was in Ontario and I think quite well off. And so their oh. experience of this time might have been a little bit different. I think, actually, I think I have like a great uncle who might have been killed in the First World War. They were catching Um, the fleas
2: off of your great grandfather's back. Indeed, indeed.
0: Hmm. But yeah. Um,
3: Oh, we all went. Um, This is like this is a super, you know, filmy question. Um, But I did want to bring it up because obviously this is a movie about photography, and so much of the movie is shot and staged like these you know still these photographic stills um the girl walking into the into the into the mist like to her death um just little moments where maria's like walking down the street um film it's shot like a like a still photograph and like i think the stillness of the movie is deliberate because obviously people sit very still for photographs at this time um and you know it t- it's like a slightly longer process um, I just thought I just um, I thought that was kind of an interesting way of filming a movie about photography, um, trying to like assemble together some some still images for funsies, um, and they did and that, rec- yeah, yeah, and like recreate you know the the sort of the still like almost documentary nature of photography at this time, where you're just trying to make the thing work.
2: I would imagine that was the the drive to do that was probably one of the leading inspirations to want to make this movie. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, that's why it bothers me so much about the movie, but as, as how clearly I can see the seams of like, I can see the reasons why they wanted to make it. And I can see where they had some difficulties in like putting it together um, for me, whatever. It's good. Yeah. Sorry.
0: <laughs> I really like the moment where they, she saw the film of herself. Um, mm-hmm. where the mm-hmm. uh, photography store owner was doing the movie of her taking a picture. Uh, mm-hmm. I just thought that was super sweet.
1: What about your family, Angela?
0: Oh, oh, well, I mean, uh, on my mother's side, they were all in, like, Missouri. Uh, and farming uh, came out during the 1800s, uh, kind of like Laura Ingalls Wilder. Um, and on my dad's side, um, he uh, people who fled the potato famine um, and also Germans who came over, um, and then Italians who uh, were fleeing because there was no work. Essentially, like my Italian heritage is all like day laborers from Italy. Um, and my great grandfather took a boat over by himself, and then went back again once he s- settled in Connecticut and brought the whole rest of his family, only to have his wife die in childbirth um, with after having four kids. Um, and my grandfather lost his mom when he was six. Um, and then, like, yeah. So I don't know. I find I just find it really interesting to watch all this stuff and just... I, I have a keen appreciation for the immigrant experience. Um, and sometimes, like, people will ask me... I mean, I'll be traveling in, say, Arizona, and people will be like, so what do you think of those Mexicans coming over the border? And I'm just like, uh, you're talking to the, you know, granddaughter, great-granddaughter of immigrants, so... You're asking the wrong lady. So I just, I find all of that fascinating. I think that the stories of people's pasts in other countries are the stories of of American history in some ways. Because, and they include that in this movie. You know, there's the ant that keeps traveling back and forth uh, between Sweden and and the United States. Mm -hmm. So I just, there's something very American to that to me, even if it is a Swedish movie. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know. I just found it, that part of it, fascinating. Yeah. Like, that Did all we, of us are here because someone decided to do the hard thing and travel far distances for more opportunity. And mm-hmm, can you blame mm-hmm. them? I will say... Like we're here. We're uh, enjoying sorry. life. Mm-hmm. I mean, our lives are infinitely better. Like, and if you think about all the suffering that happened in this movie, like, you can understand why people would leave and just how bad it maybe was for them. But anyway, I'm sorry. Keep going, Corey.
1: Oh, no, I was going to change topics. I'd said one other, like... Impression of the Topics was, uh, God, that little girl is like such a snitch. <laughs> like, she's like, she like rats out like uh, Maya, like making out with Gunner. And like, what was the other thing? There, were, there was something else that she did. And I was like, man, someone's, someone's got to get to that kid. <laughs>
3: Stay away from Gunner. That kid's bad news.
2: Ugh, what a terrible existence. We are all so lucky. We are very, very lucky. Yeah. Even though there's still so much work to be done, and the patriarchy is still. Oh, boy. In full swing, baby. Speaking of that, were there any thoughts, Angela? Because I, because I guess my thoughts about re- re- thinking that we spent too much time with the husband, and then thinking now that, as I do, that maybe it leaned too much that the, her characterization was too much about her pain and suffering. Were there any thoughts about the director about this woman's story being told by a man? Is that something? Mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: Um, I mean, it doesn't bother me because I feel like he had. Oh, yeah, sure. Something to say, like whereas Mm -hmm. um, Black Moon bothered me a lot because it Mm -hmm. just like didn't seem to have anything to say. And
2: he didn't completely capture woman because girls becoming woman.
0: Yeah. Oh my god. (laughs) Um, I don't. I like.
2: Comes back again
3: and again. I'm so glad we watched. I'm so glad that Black Moon just haunts the podcast.
1: Sorry.
0: (laughs) Hey, at least we haven't talked about Vagabond in a while. (laughs) Let's I thought, oh. <laughs> i've thought about it um no um i would say i actually like the imperfections in this film because um it it forces you to ask questions that maybe if this was a perfect film you would not be asking like if they didn't talk about love at the end of this movie would we be asking questions about it which is an actually an important question you know what is love is is this kind of abusive relationship a love relationship why is she staying in this marriage so even though I, it made me angry, maybe it was supposed to make me angry. Like, imagine, you know, the daughter, you know, misunderstanding the struggle at the end of this movie for love. Like, that's a tragedy. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty sad situation. It's a tragedy. But how hard can we, re- how, how well can we understand our past? And what are the stories we tell ourselves to feel better about the past? Um, so for me, I, I, I you know. Sure. I,
2: yeah, I wanted to ask.
0: Yeah. But yeah, this is no Black Moon.
2: <laughs> what, what could can be? be? <laughs> there you go, jinx.
0: So I think... It's hard uh, to do that
3: over the internet.
0: Yeah, right. Uh, I think we might be... I think we've said everything that needs to be said. What do you guys think?
2: Mm-hmm. That sounds great.
0: Um, so, you know, on the Crit Club, we don't rate out of five. We don't rate out of ten. Uh, we're a bunch of D&D nerds. And in honor of the exquisite D20... Uh, we rate on a scale of 20 uh, because it also kind of changes the perspective on things. It gives you a broader scale by which to evaluate a film. Um, It can also mean that if it, if it's a one, it totally fails. And if it's a 20, it's, it's a total crit. So uh, wizard, what's your role in for everlasting moments?
2: Wizard has a D 20 in his hand right now. Yeah, I do
0: too. It's
3: true. Me first. Um, hmm yeah it is not a perfect movie uh, which is unfortunate didn't ruin but your I opinion mean, of it. no not at all um, no it's good to get some perspective because you know maybe it's yeah there, there are a million and one reasons to for me to, to, to be in love with this movie but it is not perfect and it's important to remember that um, yeah I had a good time though um, I thought it was very pretty and gentle and sweet Um, And at times, like, very frustrating. And there are scenes of explosive anger and very, very upsetting things happen. Um, But I was pretty engrossed, which is quite something. Uh, So I'm going to give it an 18. Ooh, Uh, hi. Wow. And I'm going to walk away. (laughs) Big
1: roll. (laughs) Drop the die.
0: Corey, what about you? Uh...
1: I liked it. Probably not as much as Wizard, but I'll I'll give it a 14. Um, That's kind of what I'm feeling.
0: What about you, Peter? What do you think?
2: It's a great pick, Angela. It really is. Uh, And I wish I could connect with it more. Um, And I really am... uh, Yeah, it's a great pick. Uh, And it's far from a not good movie. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go with a 10. 11... No, I'll go with the 10. I'll go with the 10 on this, yeah. It's
3: just and right.
2: Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, never seen the, you know, never seen this uh, perspective before. Very glad I did. Uh, I don't like the conventions of uh, biopic or true life, true story movies. They really, really irk me. And I hate when I can see and tell them so much. Um, but whatever. I loved the delicate touch of this. I think like there was some real softness that, that did charm me a lot. What about you, Angela?
0: It's hard. It's really, really hard. Because I want to give it a 17. But mm. um, the the way that the film started was really clumsy. Um, and and I didn't enjoy that. It, it kind of made me a little irritated. Because it, it was cheesy. There was a cheesiness to it and, it. and it just did a disservice to the film. Like, I think it's that cheesiness that maybe made it hard for you to connect with it, Peter. And that disappoints me because I think that it is a beautiful film. It is delicate. Um, and it tells the story um, of women, most women during these times when we didn't have very many rights. And I think everybody needs to watch this film to get a better understanding of that because we read about it in books. I mean and this film is not like you know an accurate representation, but I think it's it's kind of close. Um, I would certainly, I should show it to my kids, forget it. You know, they're boys. I should show it to them. I want them to know that, you know, it wasn't always easy for women. Uh, so I'm going to stick with the 17 because even okay. with those flaws, um, I think it's an, an exceptional film. Um, it's a very sweet film. Um, this is the kind of film I wanted to make when I graduated film school. Like I want, those are the stories I wanted to tell, like of, mm-hmm. uh, cause I love period films. I love like. I literally, yeah. my senior thesis was about my grandparents' house. Um, so I give it a 17 and I, I really loved it. Um, yeah. yeah. I, and I, I
2: guess I've just been so sensitive to that thing of like, I absolutely have, you know, think that there should be a lot more movies about how the patriarchy is horrifically bad and has been for, for many, 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 many centuries, millennia. Um, I also have gotten so much sense, so much more sensitive about it becoming the entirety of a female character. Uh, I think that there's um, some dehumanization about that.
0: I think you're right on that. I would have loved to see some moment where she could be on her own and find some sort of joy that was different from her family. Even from her photography, um, and I think that the relationship with the photographer guy was supposed to be that thing, but because
2: and that's the thing, that's is the it's problem. Also based around a dude. Is it yeah. also her other little happiness was based around another man? Yeah. That's kind of shitty. That's it kinda is kind of shitty, shitty characterization. All right, I agree 10. with you. I, I'm sticking with my ten.
0: Yeah, no, <laughs> I agree with you. I think there was a lost opportunity there, but I also appreciate that because. Um, It reinforces the notion of just how few choices women had at that time, that maybe the joy for a woman would be that, you know, almost proto relationship between them. And also, as a mother, I can relate to the notion of not having any of that time. Like, you could almost say that if she had some sort of special quiet moment by herself, that it would be completely unrealistic and unbelievable because she has seven children or six or seven <laughs> yeah. it's a lot of children mm-hmm. and i had two children and that was all encompassing for a large portion of my life when they were itty bitty but to have seven of them and the last of them f- on from a forced rape situation overwhelming so I, I agree with you there there could have been something done to to give us all a little break so that it could be a little more enjoyable but i still give it a 17 and um, i look forward to what our next pick will be and who's who's up next.
3: You know, I believe I'm up next.
0: Yay, oh wizard, God. what you gonna hey.
3: pick? Hey. Um everybody get excited, uh, because next week we are going to be discussing Derek Jarman's nineteen seventy eight film Jubilee. Let I'm me break so it down for you. Let me break it down for everybody. When Queen Elizabeth I asks her court alchemist to show her England in the future, she's transported 400 years to a post apocalyptic wasteland of roving girl gangs, an all powerful media mogul, fascistic policed, scattered filth, and twisted sex. Oh, um, I'm over the moon about mm-hmm. this. I'm very excited for this. I'm hoping for a just absolute like unhinged, uh, unhinged reflection on the end of empire and the horrors of the future. And, uh, and I feel like this is, this is going to be that thing. Uh, so I hope that everybody has a good time, uh, a good time with this one. Yeah,
1: I am excited about it. Um, and th- it is also, uh, Everlasting Moments, uh, did get a Criterion release, didn't mention that at this show. Uh, it's number 520, uh, and Jubilee is number 191. So it did get a great
0: right I'm excited. Yeah, and I mean it's got see like just movie. a lot
1: of people in it. It's got like little little Nell and Adam Ant and like Brian Eno and uh, Brian Eno does the soundtrack. Richard O'Brien, the guy good. who made Rocky Horror. Like, I don't know. I- I'm excited to see this cast. <laughs> it sounds cool. Yeah. Sounds great.
3: We're here for it. Hopefully everyone else will be here for it. I would ask you
2: what made you want to pick it, but it seems very obvious. <laughs> I think
3: it speaks for itself. I think we could uh, we could cut loose, um, shake things
2: up a little bit. It'll be good.
0: So, you know, now that the main show is over, uh, at the end we of the show. We should shout out
2: to getting uh, uh, email and Twitter.
0: Oh, that's right. Stuff. I always forget this. Um, yes, we do have an email and a Twitter. In case you do have any questions, you want to interact with us, we'd love to hear from you. Mainly because, you know, maybe you think differently than we do. Maybe, uh, or maybe you agree with us that you really thought this movie was awesome. We'd love to hear back. We'd love suggestions about maybe what we should watch next time. So you can do that. You can email us at, what is it? Clubcast at gmail.com. And then Twitter is at CritClubCast. So we hope to hear from you soon. Please do reach out. And if you happen to be a director who ever watched, listened to anything that we talked about your films, reach out. Like, <laughs> you know, disagree with us. Set us to right. So, yeah. I think that's our main portion of our show today. Uh, but we do have still the the end of our show, which we call Whatcha Watching? I am going to go with Wizard.
3: I am using a small portion of my uh, of my lockdown quarantine time to watch the Marvel movies from start to finish okay um, it is not as ambitious or enjoyable a quest as uh, watching the Lord of the Rings uh, or even the Star Wars saga um, but it is an interesting uh, it's an interesting thing to watch um, this like fairly bland commercial product like start to like try to get weird um it's like watching like your uncle like you know dance to wap at a wedding you know just like mm. <laughs> peter, peter has questions
2: i i want to follow up with you on this because i'm interested because uh, i want to ask you right now do you have a presumptive favorite coming into this watching and then i'm going to ask after you finish what what is your what is your current favorite do you have a presumptive favorite
3: um presumptive favorites uh dr strange um because he one is one of the two i've not you know, seen uh obviously he's wizard and it's a like a visually interesting movie i've seen it before but it's been quite some time Um, it's maybe the most visually interesting one. Um, I also really dig the Captain America movies. Hmm. Uh, I have no, I think it's, I think it's entirely, it's Chris Evans just shouldering that movie. He is perfectly cast. He has hella charisma. Mm -hmm. Um, he's cut as hell. He makes a good captain. That
2: third one's Um,
3: pretty good. And the, and I've seen a couple of those as well. And they all kind of like delve into like, The kind of like high stakes like spy thriller ish kind of thing with like a Marvel twist, Um, you know the kind of movies they're they're the kind of movies that Harrison Ford used to make in the early '90s, where it's just him like running around, getting in like tight, sticky situations. Is Spider Verse Um,
2: part of this? yeah because i believe
3: that, it is so you like the tom holland spider-man yeah you can watch no no no, it spider-verse oh into the spider-verse mm-hmm. i need to watch yeah that. I've never seen that. i can watch that because that I actually is i haven't
2: seen that um and i know whoa. that i would love it the most it is i like i'm there's no hyperbole about this it is one of the best movies of this century it is one of the best movies that has come out in the 21st century it is a stunningly good movie
3: all right. In okay. my opinion, <laughs> in my Very well,
2: humble
3: opinion, which uh which I which I do hold dear. Um and I will throw that in there. I will definitely get some Spider-Verse in my life. But yeah, um you know, that's uh that's, the Marvel movies are are good candy um with varying levels of interest. Uh so should be good.
0: Did which one are that's you on now?
3: Uh right now I am watching uh Captain America mm-hmm. 2. Uh I've not seen any that's of good. these. Winter Soldier. Very exciting. Um, and it's fun to just like check in and check out. Characters are broadly drawn. Motivations, very easy to suss out. Um, so, you know, you can just kind of, it's a good thing to do while you're uh, doing literally anything else.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Corey, what you watching?
1: Uh, I'm also not watching a whole lot. I am, I'm reading a lot of comic books right now. And so I'm, I'm in the middle of, not in the middle of them, so the beginning, towards the beginning, because it's long. Of uh, saga, uh, Brian K. Vaughn's saga. Oh, it's a great one. Yeah, yeah, it's been on my yeah. list for a long time, um, so, I'm, so I'm working through that. Uh, it's it's a lot more like wackety schmackety sarcastic, like sarcasm, like than I thought it was gonna be. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to keep reading that. And then. Um, I got down this like YouTube rabbit hole of this like YouTuber that I just wanted to like give a little like nudge to, cause he only has like 9,000 subscribers and I think he's doing a really good job, uh, called belief it or not. And his name is like Trevor Pullman. He started off as a podcast. I believe belief it or not is the name of the podcast, but it is about, um, like evangelical Christians. And he is an ex evangelical Christian and, uh, most of the channel is just uploads of the audio of the podcast. But over the last like year or so, he's been doing more uh, video essays on various topics of evangelicalism. And what I really appreciate about them is uh, lots and lots of clips of evangelical media. So like, you know, their TV shows and their music and their movies and their talk shows and like their, you know, speakers and the big preachers and all that stuff. And it's, it's seeing into this world that, you know, especially, I mean, being raised Catholic, uh, I was not exposed to any of this stuff. And obviously now in my life, I don't go diving into this world, but it it really does make you feel like we are living in separate realities um, where they have their entire contained system over there. I don't know. And I just really appreciated his, his video essays and it's really giving me a good exposure to this Terrifying and huge subculture <laughs> in our country. So, yeah, good YouTube poll. Angela, what are you watching?
0: Oh, uh, I watched uh, The Danish Girl this weekend. Um, I did something that I should have been done. I should have done a year ago when COVID started because I realized that the Netflix algorithm knows nothing about me. And so that's why I can, like, I I spend most of my time just looking on Netflix for something to watch, and it drives me insane. So instead, I took some time and I started searching by alphabet letter uh, just to see what the hell is available and then adding it to my list and ended up with, like, 40 new shows to watch. Um, And at the top of that list ended up being The Danish Girl, which is gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. And I loved it and appreciate it for what it is. But I just get, like it's just such the it's it just has a whiff of harvey weinstein to it you know like there's this whole like designed to be an oscar winner movie and it won the oscars um but it is a truly important story um and i i enjoyed it i enjoyed watching it but it was um it was a little precious for me but then i watched this crazy show um Apparently, watching Korean soap operas really screws up Netflix algorithm because I got recommended to watch a two-episode show about Korean pork belly and its effect on their economy. It, it was hilarious so good and entertaining because pork belly is delicious. And I was genuinely curious about all the different ways one could prepare pork belly. And actually, it is such a huge part of South Korean culture. Um, so I learned something new. Um, I forget exactly what that's called, like, you know, something like, like Korea pork belly bonanza or something like that um, but it's really short it's maybe an hour long like each episode is is like a half an hour long um, but I thought it was really cute but other than that not really watching a whole lot
3: belly bonanza I'm just gonna start there and hope hope that everything works out hope I don't end up in some dark corner of the internet <laughs>
0: <laughs> well it is a risk Well, I think that's our show. Stay safe out there, people. Yeah, stay safe. You know, be careful with your Korean (laughs) pork belly. And your internet Um, searches. And your internet searches. Delete the tapes. Keep the tapes. Keep the receipts. Keep all the things. (laughs) I think that's our show for this week. Stay tuned for next week when we watch Wizards pick, uh, what was it, Jubilant or Jubilee? Jubilee. Jubilee. I I am Jubilant about Jubilee, and I'll be super happy to see all of you guys here again next week. Uh, yeah. hope you guys have a great week, and uh, we'll see you then.
2: Thanks so much, Angela. Thank you, Thank you all. Thank Thanks, you. everybody.
0: Bye-bye.